Hey y'all, how y'all doing? Welcome back to Everybody's Homegirl Podcast. On today's episode, my friends Alicia and Latoya return to talk about their personal experiences surviving strokes. It's been quite an interesting journey for both of them. Hopefully you will enjoy. Now let's get to the show. Before we get to LaToya and Alicia, there's something that I want to get off of my chest. A few days after I recorded this show, Cicely Tyson passed away. Like many, I was hurt, sad even. She was definitely a hero, an icon. As a kid who grew up in the 70s, Miss Tyson was the first black actress that I remember who showed up as her true authentic self. From Bustin' Loose to Miss Jane Pittman, Cicely Tyson was strong, bold, smart. She was beautiful. She was gap-toothed. She was skinny, natural, dark, and she was proud. For a little chocolate girl from the south side of Fort Worth, she made me, along with millions of other little girls, proud to be black. I think Miss Tyson's death was a little harder to take because The week before she died, the world lost several other icons. Hank Aaron, Cloris Leachman, Larry King, and Gregory Sierra of Barney Miller. 2021 was starting to look a lot like 2020. It was a lot, especially after having survived four years of political trauma, an election that looked like a reality show and conspiracy theorists and a president trying to overthrow the government, all in the middle of a pandemic that has taken over 400,000 lives. Again, I say it's a lot. I say all of that to say this. When I was a kid and things happened in my family, especially bad things, traumatic things in the world, we looked to our elders for answers and stability. We looked to our grannies and granddads big mamas and papas to be anchors, to provide assurance or reassurance that everything would be okay. So for us to lose our elder icons so close together, well, that was a bit jarring, especially during a a world so full of uncertainty. We know our elders must take their rest. We know that in our heads, but for some of us, our hearts still haven't caught up to that yet. So to those of you who are confused, frustrated, annoyed, irritated, or just don't understand why some people get sad when anyone over the age of 90 dies, please give us a moment to process. And consider this, you might be okay, but some of us are not. Both of those two things can be true at the same time. You can be okay and I can be bothered. Just don't dismiss our sadness because you are ready to move on. When my granny died in 2013, my friend Miss Price said, but Cass, she was 102. I looked her square in the face and said, so she was still my granny. And then I cried. 
let people who need to grieve grieve no matter how old a person is they still meant something to someone and so did Cicely Tyson she is still our queen to many she meant so much so I say this take your rest queen have a good day Hey y'all. Hey. Hey. How y'all doing? Good. How was y'all's week? I told y'all. It was okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad y'all's was. (laughs) My week caused me to drink. (laughs) And I am enjoying one as we speak. (laughs) But for different reasons. Yeah. Any reason is a good reason. <laughs> as long as you don't go overboard. Moderation, yes. moderation. Well, today on the show, I have my friends returning. Um, my friend Latoya and my friend Alicia. Latoya Sloan McGraw and Alicia Price. And they are here today to talk about their experiences having strokes. And the reason I want to talk about that strokes for some they not for some reason, but um it's a passionate topic for me because in 2007, my mother had two strokes, um, one, and then one about two weeks away, two weeks after that. <laughs> and it was just, a, it was a journey. She changed, like her life changed overnight. And um, the, and I'll probably talk about it throughout, so I won't go through it here, but just the the experience was as being the baby girl of the family <laughs> it was very eye-opening <laughs> for me <laughs> so I had to um help her through a lot and I think that experience with my mother helped me with you all because I was there on the journey with both of you for your strokes <laughs> yeah right okay so I guess we'll start with Sloan um so if she wants to tell us you had your first stroke, well, your, your only stroke, right, in 2015. How old were you? Uh, it was 2016. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, I was 39. Um, sitting at home, laying down in the bed, wasn't stressed, no, I, no high blood pressure, none of that. Watching uh, my favorite show, show Law and Order. And um, I felt something like pop, um, like a light bulb. That's that's the way I've always explained it. And um, I knew something wasn't right in that moment, but I didn't know what. You know, um, most people think that when you hear, oh, somebody had a stroke, the vision that we get is that your mouth is twisted and um, things of that nature. Um, it's more so the images that we're taught, but I wasn't anything like that. Um, you know, they say you're not coherent. I was coherent enough. Um, I, we laugh about this, but everybody know how I am about hair. 
I, I felt something was wrong. I figured I was going to have to go to the hospital, whatever, the next day because, you know, I've had other ailments. So I wanted to go get my hair done, make me feel a little better, you know. So my beautician met me at the beauty salon at 10 o'clock that night. So um, I was very coherent. Um, the next morning, though, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't hold my toothbrush. And being that I had never really been been around someone who had a stroke before, I didn't put two plus two mm-hmm. um, because of one of my other conditions that I do have. I assumed that I just needed some calcium, you know, for my muscles. And uh, so I still went on my normal day, um, snuck into work. And that's where <laughs> all the, uh, we'll say hell broke loose. Um, and I, to this day, I say, thank God for people being nosy sometimes. Because, and I laugh, I'm saying nosy, but you know how your friends care about you. So they not gonna just let you be behind a closed door. So I'm not a behind a closed door person. So I didn't even think about that when I closed my office door. So that was a red flag. Everybody trying to figure out what's wrong. Our door is closed, you know. And all thing I was trying to do was make it a, a doctor's appointment. But um, they came and got Cass. And Cass is the type. She gonna ask one thousand questions, <laughs> and she not leaving until all thousand and one. Cause she's gonna add an extra one. It's answered. And um, luckily, with them asking the questions that they asked, um, they went and got the nurse. Mm-hmm. Because my mouth wasn't twisted. Nothing was out. Weird when you looked at me. <laughs> Nothing was, <laughs> it wasn't nothing out of pocket. You were just sitting at your desk with your head down. Yeah, because I felt tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you told me you uh, couldn't hold, you're like, you couldn't hold stuff. And I was like, nah, you <laughs> you couldn't hold stuff and it was like tingling or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, he was like, I'll be fine. Just give me a few minutes. And I was like, I'm giving you a few minutes, but I'm coming back. Yeah, I'm just trying to get in the doctor's office. Yeah, they call. Listen, they call me before they call a nurse. I'm like, why y'all call a nurse? <laughs> and it was, you know, we laugh about it now, but potentially they saved a life. You know, mine. Um, yeah. And I joke about it, but I was. I'm really glad at at that moment that they were persistent. Yeah, because the nurse came and you were trying not to go to the hospital, and she was yeah. like, "No, nah, you going." And I think your blood pressure was up at the time, right? When no. She checked it. Oh. What, she, what it was, she did the little check in the face. Okay. For numbness. Mm-hmm. I think she could feel the twitching that mm-hmm. I could. Oh, okay. And so that's one of the ways that normally they check for strokes. Okay. I was unaware of that at the time. Um, but that was one of the ways. And so they said immediately, I need to go to the hospital. And that was like at 8.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. eight, between 8 and 9 o'clock. Um, <laughs> thank you to all my st- staff and friends who rotated, broke in my phone to call my husband because I wouldn't get him his number. Um, <laughs> they was going to prove to me. Cause I drove uh, to, to the hospital. Yeah, you drove. You didn't want to drive. You didn't want to ride in the ambulance. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing no ambulance. That ain't cute. 
No, it's not. And I wasn't paying for it. I was not going to pay for it after. I mean, right. No. You, you, you know, we're laughing about this, but Christ, isn't the thought of having to ride in an ambulance in front of other people completely embarrassing? Oh, my God. When I was asked, do you want the hospital? I mean, the ambulance, or do you want me? And I was like, uh-uh, I don't want no ambulance. Like, I had enough forethought to say, no, I don't want the ambulance. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, we gonna we gonna <laughs> come back to Slama Muda Price Price's story because she had a kind of similar incident, I think, or journey. So you tell your journey. Yeah. Uh, shoot, we're Sloan and I are alike because we're both crazy, <laughs> and we both had strokes, but still carried on, like nothing was wrong mm -hmm. and I went to work I I suspect I had the stroke Tuesday night went to work Wednesday and Thursday like do to do because remember and, I can ask you was you okay when I started like girl you all right yeah like and then like you I walked I drove to work walked into work but my right my right side I couldn't type, you know, to get into the computer. It was not, you know, numbness. But in my mind, that a stroke was the furthest thing from it. Mm -hmm. I had just did boxing classes Monday and Tuesday. I thought, oh, I'm tired. I had just worked out. You know, I didn't think anything had happened. Um, Wednesday, I felt really weird, like, right side numb mm -hmm. Thursday it was worse I don't know how I made it to work <laughs> didn't um, you tell me you fell asleep in class I did Wednesday I went to sleep for two hours in class I have never done that and at the time you know we were doing like mostly virtual classes that was the first year for summer school and uh I had two kids in class and then they looked I'm assuming they looked back at me and said, oh, well, and then and they were there when I woke up and then it was dismissal time and they were like, bye. And I'm like, bye. But I didn't know how I had gone to sleep and that had never happened in all my 18 years of education. And I didn't think I stroke never crossed my mind. I didn't think that never. Why? Why? You know, why would I? Um, so by Thursday, I was just, I went back to work and we had a meeting in the morning and I was just staggering. I couldn't stand still. I was leaning. And then we had a meeting in the morning and I was leaning to one side, leaning to the other side. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, if you could just get me out of here. <laughs> so I got back to my room. I don't know how I made it back to my house. And then that's when uh, Cass is the savior of both of our situations. Of both of us. We both right? got to the hospital. Because she brought me to the hospital also. <laughs> and then Sloan came later, but they were both with me for hours after yeah. uh, that Thursday. I call and myself that, the stroke whisperer. She is. She really is. And then that Friday they said, oh, you know you had a stroke. And I'm like, what? 
It was crazy. It was crazy. Because uh, uh, when my mother had her stroke, my sister, my sister Sandy was at the house at the time and she called me <laughs> and my mother <laughs> couldn't, like she couldn't see. And she was like, mama can't see and she talking crazy. And I'm like, what? She was like, she's talking about she can't see and she talking crazy. And so I was like, well, call the ambulance. And then I met her there. And so she couldn't see, like it was blurry. Her vision was blurry. And so when the paramedics came in and they started asking her questions and they was like, who is the president? And she was like, Nixon. <laughs> and they looked at me like, hey, and I was like, do what you gotta do. <laughs> so that was that was 2008 so I guess once I got to y'all it's like okay this is old hat and with uh Sloan was negotiating you negotiated too everybody negotiated the, the only thing with my mom she didn't negotiate because the paramedics were like you ain't got no choice you know she's going to the hospital y'all were like nah. and so I'm having to put give y'all like ultimatums she did <laughs> I had yeah. to tell Price, like, okay, you're going to either go to this hospital with me or I'm going to call 911 and these folks are going to come in here and see that your house is dirty. So I was like, one, ooh, uh-uh. <laughs> which one you want? Mm-mm, mm-mm. So we get there and then it's just, I mean, at the time they couldn't find anything wrong. Did they ever tell you all what caused the stroke? Uh, Strokes? Yes. What and my case, uh, I actually had a very, very tiny hole in my heart from birth. Mm. Um, the process of when you have your first breath um, as a child, mm-hmm. you, you're supposed to, you know, breathe out and then breathe in. But as a baby, when you breathe in, all these little mini, mini holes mm-hmm. in your heart closes. I had one that didn't. Oh, Okay. And so I had just had dental work and, you know, to have the clotting mm-hmm. and one of the clots travel and wind up when the blood goes to the heart, instead of it keeping its normal flow, that piece of clot went in that hole. Mm-hmm. And so that's what caused the stroke for me. So I did wanted to say, tell the listeners that there are two types of strokes. There's an ischemic stroke and there's well, there are really four types, but the two main types are ischemic strokes and hemorrhagic strokes. And ischemic strokes are when there's a clot that blocks the oxygen to your brain. And that's basically what you're describing, right? Sloan is an ischemic stroke. It's a blood clot that block, mm-hmm. blocked your artery so that the oxygen couldn't get to your brain. Whereas a hemorrhagic stroke is there's a blood vessel or artery in your brain and it might um have an aneurysm or it might pulse and for some reason it might burst or whatever or you have a hemorrhage and it bleeds where the brain bleeds so but for the most part um those are the two main times and two main types of strokes but there's also um it's called they're called tias Um, i can't remember what the t is for but it's there are many strokes and people have them, you know. And so what they tell you is, regardless of is if it's a ischemic stroke or a TIA, a mini stroke, you go to the hospital right away. Because for the TIAs, the mini strokes, you're not sure if it's going to be a major stroke or not. So yeah. the, the key is to get to the hospital as fast as you can. And so here Price is, 
four days later stroking out. <laughs> it was just I mean, two. It was just two days. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you the, to Price. Let me tell the listeners, Price was like the teacher of the year. What? Every year. Fifteen years in a row Slaughter by the students. Share that honor. <laughs> Both of our names are on this big plaque. True. The teacher of the year. But, I had, I think I got it four or five times. Sloan got it two times. Yes. Yeah. Like, but, was, like whenever she had a class of seniors, they all voted for her. Right. And so I was like, whenever she had seniors, I was like, this the year I'm not going to get it. Because <laughs> I also taught seniors. And so we shared that honor back yeah. and forth, back and forth for seven, eight years, however long. But <clears> I say <throat> that to say, you're not the type of teacher who's going to even Me. nod in your class. <laughs> right. Right. You don't no. miss days. You're not nodding off. You're not sitting behind your desk. You're, so for you to sleep in your class, even summer school, for two hours, something oh. was wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I didn't even think. The funny thing is, I was like, I'm okay. Yeah. And that's, that was her line to me. Because I was up there cleaning out my office. Because I was switching jobs. Mm-hmm. And she was in I's office. And I was mm-hmm. like, girl, what is wrong with you? <laughs> really, that's once I got to, because her sister called me and was like, something's wrong with my sister. She's talking funny. I talked to her. She didn't sound right. Can you go check on her? And I'm, I'm finna go to Zoom, but I'm finna, you know, bust it. I'm finna pop it like it's hot. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm on my way. Then she called me back and told me about your right side. Yeah. You know, being affected, you felt numb or whatever. And she, I was like, we well, call 911. And she was like, she's, Price is a Taurus. She's stubborn. She was like, she's not going to go. I was like, the devil is a lie. <laughs> she will go. <laughs> you, cause, because you said money. Listen. And I know how much ambulances cost. <laughs> and I was like, hey, hey. Oh, uh-uh. That, and your, you hadn't cleaned your house yet. So I was oh, like, hey. I said, they're not coming in here. Yes. <laughs> so when I got there, you were just, you have this dry wit about you. And that was missing. I was like, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I, I mean, physically, there was nothing wrong with you. I couldn't tell the, a difference until you walked in the hospital and you were leaning to the side. But right. when I got to your house, I was like, it was just the, it was like, okay, like blank. <laughs> I was like, nah, she going, something ain't right. She going, <laughs> we're going to figure it out together. So what was the, what were your treatments like? Like what, what type of therapy? What, what, what was the hospital plan? What was the medical plan for both of you? Um, well, for me, I had to do a procedure <clears throat> called PFO. And Say that again. PFO. PFO. Okay. And what it is, um, it's like a small little circle piece mm-hmm. that they, like a clamp kind of, mm-hmm. where it snaps both sides of the heart together to close the hole. Mm-hmm. And eventually red blood cells are attracted mm-hmm. to that spot to close it up to make normal skin. So in the end, that was the procedure to close the hole. Um, but I must admit, and I don't know if I ever shared, I did go to counseling um, <laughs> because that was like, I've been close to death so many times 
but I had mental issues after being at the hospital and on the floor with other people who really had a stroke to the point where I was telling, you know, telling the nurses and stuff, I don't belong here. <laughs> I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. And remember they put that thing on me so that if I even got up, Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that if I got up, it notified the nursing station. They come running in trying to figure out where am I going, you know. And let me add this. Also, too, it was different from you because you work about a 45 minutes away from where you live. Yeah, and, it was um, yes. So when we took you to the hospital, we took you to the hospital in Fort Worth and not your hometown. And so yeah. that was that was oh. a challenge too. Although it did turn into a family reunion slash sorority meeting. <laughs> we had fried chicken, yeah, drinks. Uh, Son was getting her hair done. <laughs> oh God, I think I you walked know, in one day. Know. She was getting braids. I was like, that, what? You know, everybody loves me, mm -hmm. and so I got to stay fabulous. Um. And then it was funny because just different groups of friends were coming. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where the nurses were like, I'm gonna keep her tonight, you know, because they was like, it was so much fun, <laughs> you know, in your room, like you're having a party every night. Yeah. And you know, it was really cool. Um and I only say that to say that probably added to your mental state not being close to home. You know what? No. Okay. The the thing that I, and even now I can still see it, but I'm much better with it. It was a young man next door to me. Mm -hmm. He was younger than me. And um, accidentally when I was running from the nurses, I accidentally went in his room thinking I was going into mine. Like I'm gonna get back in the bed before they can catch me. And um, just uh, the look. Mm -hmm. And he was sitting up on the bed asking me to help him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what, what do you need? I can get a nurse. He's like, no, please help me. I just want to walk on my own. I said, bro, I'm in here too. I just came in your room by accident. You know, so like in that moment, that freaked me out. And so um, to see someone else younger, but he was more damaged. And I think I was worried about, was that going to be me? Mm -hmm. Like, would something else happen? And I think that's what kind of, I'm going to let Price take over, but it kind of scared me when I saw Price because Price kept wanting to walk. Remember that when we kept sitting there and I was like, girl, you is not getting up with my nurse. It's too bad already because we heard, you know, <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm just going to get up. And then remember she got up and almost fell. And she she went leaning lean to the side. <laughs> I was like, oh, Lord. I know. I'm like, Lord, she put a fall in this office. <laughs> and so I think that's where some of the emotions came back during that time. Um, and because of that and seeing her remind me of that guy. Because mm -hmm. that's all he wanted to do was walk and that was all she wanted to do. I think even though subconsciously she was there and then sometimes she wasn't. Mm -hmm. She could people. feel that she wasn't herself. And mm -hmm. just if she could walk, she felt like she could be herself. Right. And it was like, baby, you ain't gonna be able to do it. Because even I had to take a week break. I stayed in the hospital almost a week. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, 
Christ. Yeah, I was in the hospital for a week too. I, you know, the day that that's, I was that Friday, they told me I had a stroke and my mom and my sister came. Um, from Louisiana. From Louisiana, mm-hmm. eight hours. And people came to visit, but like Friday, Saturday, I was in and out of sleep. I didn't know mm. what was going on. I slept hard and I was, I had to take out my contacts because my vision was affected. I couldn't see. I had slight facial paralysis that has since corrected itself. Um, I had an ischemic stroke and my right side was affected. So my sister is a physical therapist. And so (laughs) she said, okay, let's get up and walk. I'm like, I just looked at her because I wasn't able to verbalize at the time. What? (laughs) But she said, let's get up and walk. And I was like, walk. So I was walking with her, leaning to one side, to my right side. And uh, I just looked at her like, ain't this some shit? And uh, you know, walking up and down the hospital corridors. Uh, and then, you know, trying, she was making me do exercises. And I was like, Lindsay, I can't. But she, she made me do it anyway. Um, after that week, I went to my first set of therapy for a week. And then I went to my next therapy for almost three months. I was out of work for six months. Um, Didn't get paid for two of those months. So Lindsay had to step in again and (laughs) pay for everything. (laughs) So didn't you have to stay in rehab too for a little while? Huh? Weren't you, didn't you stay in a rehab facility for a little while? I stayed in the first, the first rehab I stayed in for a week and then Mm -hmm. they sent me home. Okay. And then I went to rehab Monday through Friday. Um, after that, a second rehab, Mm -hmm. which was really good. Um, I had physical and occupational, um, speech therapy, um, everything. You had some weird side effects, some consequences that you've told me about, like your memory and dreams. Talk about that. I don't don't dream. I started, okay, let me tell you this. I started dreaming recently. I can remember dreams a little bit. I I know, right? I had a dream about my dad. He's deceased um, seven years. I had a dream about him at my mom's house and that one I remember Mm -hmm. and then you know bits and pieces but I don't dream anymore I don't experience hunger anymore like a normal (laughs) person like my stomach my stomach doesn't growl like it used to Mm -hmm. and my uh I don't like I know I'm hungry and I eat but I know I'm supposed to eat okay like I have to eat but I could go all day without eating and some days I do. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I didn't eat. And then I remember, oh, I need to eat. I don't know if the stroke took away the desire for certain things. Um, and then my short-term memory is gone. It's trash. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> 
let me tell you, I was so, my memory, man. Oh, I, I could just remember things. Yeah. And what they did in class and stuff like that. And then now if you ask me, I'm like, huh? <laughs> I, I I'll clue. tell you something at work. She'll walk right out and forget. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what, though? I, I could honestly say the first time it got me, uh, like Price is known for her sarcastic, flipped insult. Dry. Yes. That are very Dorothy. Dry. She is Dorothy from Golden Girl. Oh, man. <laughs> and we'll be looking at you like, yes. you know. And you're thinking, did she just call me stupid? But not <laughs> yeah, basically, use the word stupid. stupid ass. Yeah. <laughs> but to. We were laughing one day, you know, uh, called to check on or whatever, and we were laughing. And I said, Price, do you remember XYZ? She just, <laughs> she just paused. <laughs> and finally, she said, don't you know I don't remember anything, <laughs> you know, like that? And, you know, I'm like, oh, no, Price, you got to remember, you know. And that was a reality check because I really knew she couldn't, but to actually be in that moment where I'm used to her, she got a good joke at hand, like it's right there. Mm -hmm. And she didn't make that joke like, no, you know? Um, and then I kind of look at myself and I'm very thankful, you know, for my outcome. But, you know, seeing my friend, what she went through, and knowing that could have been me. Right. You know, mm -hmm. it just really puts puts a check on you, you know, make you think about your blessings and count your blessings. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm glad to see where she is today. Um, but we laugh. Uh, she was reading an English paper. <laughs> she was grading papers one night we were talking. And she said, for once, this sentence don't make sense. And I asked her, what does she mean? You know, and so basically the kid wrote it so bad. Mm. Normally Price could read it like it was supposed yeah. to be, you know, <laughs> written. And she was like, oh, I, I can't even, I don't even understand. You know, <laughs> like, so that was kind of funny because, oh man, you know, for her to actually read it how it's supposed to be and the joke would be, how the child wrote it, you know, it, you know, th those little moments that we just laugh at, like it was gone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, a lot um, of that just yeah. left me. Um, and I, you know, it still has affected me to this day. I do find that some of my wit has returned some, not all. Um, but it's like the stroke just took away my ability to process, to um, care, honestly. That's what I was going to talk about. I was going to ask you about it because you did mention to me before that they're like where you used to would probably worry or feel a certain way. You just feel nothing. I feel absolutely nothing. Um, like, you know, I get nervous, I guess you could say, 
recently about things like if you call me about things at work and I'm like oh god but two days later I have forgotten about it and literally have forgotten or I no longer have the like things that affected me at that time Mm -hmm. don't affect me the same way two days later which is a big difference from how I was before like pre-stroke I would have brooded over it and Mm. thought about it and like oh my god but like after a day has passed I don't care anymore (laughs) and I don't know that maybe that's a good thing stress-free I was gonna say with my mother she um her what it did to her she she couldn't remember our names Mm. like she could recognize our faces but she couldn't remember our names and phone numbers stuff that she because she's good with numbers stuff like that and so before a minute there in or her birthday like she couldn't remember her birthday and then I had to realize that she couldn't recall it it was there Mm -hmm. and she started expressing I'm trying to pull it that's what she would say I'm trying to pull it but she couldn't pull it and so we did a lot of like I turned into like a I hate to say it like an elementary school teacher we went over numbers we went over alphabet we went over um that's her calling now people <laughs> we went over <laughs> we went over the alphabet then we started going over names and phone numbers stuff like that hope she watch if he calls back that's her again because she feels like if she calls I better answer <laughs> but uh yeah she um we went over alphabet her names the names of her kids addresses just stuff like that. So by the time she got to like speech therapy, occupational therapy, she was she was back to her normal stuff and stuff. My daughter already taught. We already did this. She didn't want to do nothing with the people. <laughs> I'm like, do it with them. They get paid. And then before she was, she didn't talk a lot before her stroke. She was just a you know a quiet person, and she you could hurt her feelings. And she would hold on to that forever. But now you're not gonna hurt Pat Cass's feelings <laughs> and not hear about it. She's more vocal, she talks more, you know. She's still not affectionate, but she's gonna let you know how she feels. Um, just I think that was the biggest change in her. So for us, people who didn't know her, they couldn't tell the difference that she had had a stroke. We knew, you know, some, and it, it, she's older. So her struggling to pull certain words or say certain words, it just, we attribute it to age, but some of it might be her stroke. And so it just affects your personality. I also learned with her and I watched out for y'all, you guys. I'm glad Sloan mentioned that she went to counseling is stroke. Sometimes people, when they are recover because they aren't the same, they might experienced depression and so I remember that because I last year um around this time Price and I went to uh, a paint party with our friend Ava it was Valentine's mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sloan started painting not Sloan I mean Price started painting this we had we got to pick what we wanted right I can't even remember what I picked but Ava's an artist so hers was just already fabulous anyway 
And then there was a heart. And so I'm like, oh, Christ is painting his heart. And then the heart was gray. And I was like, something, my Lord, my friend painting a gray heart. And then I know it wasn't me because Ava turned around and looked and was like, why is your heart gray? <laughs> and I said at the paint party, she depressed. <laughs> She's like, no, no. But there have been, I think, some 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 stages that you have experienced that you want to talk about that just a little, a little bit or however much you want. When <clears throat> after I I first had it and I was going to therapy, um I I was cognizant of what I was going through, but because my mind was trying to heal itself. I couldn't process it the same way that I would before. Mm-hmm. Months later, I was able to see, like, you know, what you're talking about. I, you know, having to uh, sit out, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, not working. And, and then, you know, going back to the job in January, I didn't feel the same way. I just, I just couldn't. The same quote unquote teacher of the year just wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. I would look at those kids, they would stare at me. I would look at them, they would stare at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I just don't have it. I got up to write on the Promethean board the first time. And I was like, what am I writing? I just didn't know. And before, you know, I would just go to town. Yeah. And when I got up to do it after the stroke, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing even when I did the lessons in class, it wasn't the same. And then we were only in class January to March, boom, COVID hit. That was the Lord. The Lord really worked that out in your favor. Oh God. And then we didn't have star. And I was like, Ooh, thank you, Jesus. I could be at home. And I think that helped me um, because, you know, I was able to get on a computer and type to kids. It helped me process it a little better um, but going back to work, man, that just, Ooh, I just, I wasn't the same. And then I said, that's when I said, I can't be here anymore. And then I had to switch jobs. Um, yay. You know, I wasn't the same teacher. I know <laughs> she's works with me now <laughs> again. <laughs> yes. Sloan, did you experience other than like, how long did your depression last? I guess it's, should I ask? And was it helpful with, with you going to counseling or what did you learn from it? Oh yeah. Um, being a counselor, it myself, you know, when you need help, like I'm a jokester all day, every day, but when it comes down to, um, me whole body and soul, I am selfish. I do want me to feel awesome and great and so not feeling that that way like um you know i wake up in the morning and um play this song while i'm looking in the mirror called beautiful you know (laughs) you my favorite girl you know and i'm looking at myself i am my favorite girl you know and so yeah i know that's goofy but (laughs) whatever you have to (laughs) encourage yourself girl (laughs) ain't nothing wrong with that like I'm still late to work because I take a bubble bath every morning by candlelight. Like I'm that I'm still that girl. And I don't hide it. And I tell people, you know, you'll come in with a better attitude too. 
<laughs> you know? So, you know, you got to pamper yourself. And yes. so when I knew, you know, yeah, I'm smiling and whatnot. And then there was a situation when I first went back to work that was so unnecessary. It was just like, okay, enough is enough. I'm at that point. Mm-hmm. And so um, there have been times- I was going to ask you, how was it to return back to work? Because unlike, again, you're always bubbly. You always, yeah. unless it's just some extreme, really is when you're about to go off on people. <laughs> that's when i know yeah. something is wrong but for the most part you keep it to yourself until yeah. you zero to 100 yeah. and so like after the stroke i don't remember you having any type of issues so what was it like to return to work well for one i returned to work it was two weeks later because mm. i stayed in the hospital a week and then i stayed home another week, you know, doing checkups and stuff, getting set up with the new heart doctor and all that stuff. Um, so returning back to work was, uh, it wasn't that it was difficult. I was very grateful to my people because they kept me behind the door for another week. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you could get in the door, you know, you had to get past Miss Thornton and everybody who was in there because everybody knew I was behind the door. And they were trying to keep, you know, that constant traffic to let me adjust back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing that happened to me that I still have this hand, these two fingers, the uh, thumb. And the pointer. Point, the pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have the same strength. So when I'm trying to open something, it looked like I'm about to break my, <laughs> break my hand to open it open it or whatever so you still um, have some consequences some physical yes because, because i didn't i'm on in mind i did not go to therapy because i was mentally like i didn't want to see that i didn't want to see what i saw on the hallway and i figured if i went that's all i was going to see so i did the little squeeze ball things at home but it still never just gave me that strength again in my hand. Um, but the counseling piece was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, accepting the fact that when it's my time, it will be my time. I would say that's the lesson that I got out of counseling. You know, because that why not me hits your mind. You know, why did he spare me? Why did I not have a similar journey like Christ. Why did I not, you know what I'm saying? Just give me an example. Um, when I saw all those other people on the hallway having to have help and stuff, it was just like, I don't belong here. Like I'm literally having an argument with the nurse and the staff right in the hallway. Y'all got me on the wrong floor. You know, we just going back and forth. I ain't going in that room. Y'all can't move me to another floor. Like it was just that, honestly, that's the part that I hid. Mm-hmm. And just accepting that my journey was different, the outcome was mine, I guess, and I think we've all had this discussion before, I always ask God, okay, what you want with me? You know, because I'm, I'm a hot mess, but, <laughs> but obviously, you're using me for something. Mm-hmm. What is it, you know? And um, 
I had to realize, do I really want to hear his answer? Because if I ever hear Jesus answer, that means he didn't call me home. So, you know, <laughs> so let me stop asking that question. And just say, use me. <laughs> so whatever you have for me, I'm not done, obviously. Yes. And um, I just enjoy the job that I have and being able to be a part of kids' lives or lives or like this opportunity, you know, to even teach people. Because you have a lot of people that would have medical issues and they hide it. Mm-hmm. You know, they keep it a hush-hush secret. And so only when somebody else goes through it, well, I actually love, you know, they'll come out mm-hmm. and tell you. And so... Listen, I'll be telling y'all business. Oh, My I'm friend okay. Sloan had a stroke. Price had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was there so I can reveal it. <laughs> I was part yeah. of it. <laughs> but on the cool, if you think about it, and I'm going to say it, um, and I don't care if somebody wound up hearing it that might hurt their feeling. On our campus, staff members were dying. Yes. Right. But then we had to realize, I think this was another conversation we all had, that the Blacks that was that wound up getting sick on the job only had a stroke. Like, both of us had strokes. Mm-hmm. But we didn't die. Right. Like that we was nowhere near death. Right. And um, but we watched several other staff members members journey to death. Mm-hmm. So you know that you start really wondering, like, God, what is you, you know, what are you doing? You know, that's true. What what's going on here? You know, that's true. And so that that's just part, I think the mental the mental part of it it helps strengthen you mentally mm-hmm. i think that's what's up price i didn't ask you how old were you when you had your stroke 45 okay and i want to stress that age because oftentimes when we think of people who like my mother was 65 67 i can't remember 2008 so she was 67 so we mm-hmm. think of older people or people like she smoked you know we family of fried food eaters <laughs> right and she you know didn't manage manage stress well at all but definitely definitely the smoking and when she had a stroke she immediately stopped but I think we have this image in our country, in our culture, that people of a certain age who are mature or senior citizens, they have strokes. And often their strokes can be very debilitating, debilitating, like, you know, physical ailments. Some people end up in wheelchairs or paralyzed, um, just all sorts of things. And I think that's what Sloan is referring to when she's talking about what she saw on the on her floor and she didn't want to see that at rehab. So I want to stress to people that these were, you know, they weren't super young, but they were young in age, 39 and 45, you know, still young, fairly healthy other than, you know, Sloan had a few medical issues, but nothing related to what would cause a stroke. When I went to the doctor this week, I went to the heart doctor and he said, we don't know why you had a stroke. We have no answers. There's nothing that says, oh, this is the reason why you had a stroke. So, you know, I want to make people aware that 
like I was in therapy with an 18 year old who had a hemorrhagic stroke, like the serious stroke where you have mm. a brain bleed. Um, and then a 37 year old who had two strokes. And, you know, I was one of the ones who was able to walk around pretty normally in therapy. And then people were asking me, why are you here? And I said, well, I had a stroke too. And they were like, really? You know, they were in wheelchairs. Yeah. One side was paralyzed. You know, they said, you had a stroke? I'm like, yeah. And then they just couldn't believe it because I was able to walk and they couldn't. And so <clears throat> I do, I am grateful to God for, you know, bringing me out of that. Like I'm able to still work and still function, you know, normally, you know, I, I don't think about, well, I don't dream anymore. I can't remember things. I can't do this, this or that because I can still function fairly normally. Nobody knows I had a stroke unless I tell them, you know, they don't, they're shocked. Mm -hmm. And so I am grateful about that. Well, and that's what um, I was actually going to go there as well. Um, most people think that you got to have high blood pressure. You got to be stressed, mm -hmm. what have you. Um, both of y'all know I, I have my own stress. From, you know, my kids, husband, you know, typical stress. But I'm all about me. I was going to get massages every week. I get my hair done every week. Right. Like, I, I believe in self-care before people started talking about self-care, you know? Right. So I have always been um, that girl that took care of herself. You know, I I did not miss a doctor's appointment. Everybody know who would get up out that chair at work and go to their doctor's appointment. Was Toya. <laughs> so it was not, um, I was not under stress. I did not have high blood pressure. So when they kept me at the hospital, Cass, she was there part of the time, but Miss Story was there when they came in and told me what was wrong. Mm -hmm. I got there, wasn't nobody in the, in the emergency room but me. And it was like, what's taking them so long? Why can't nobody tell me that, you know? And it had gotten to be three o'clock. Well, I gotta go get my son, you know, my boys, <laughs> I gotta go. So, you know, me, I'm sitting up in the I'm going to go home. You know, tell these people come release me. So I tell Miss Thornton, Miss Thornton, go tell that man I'm going to go. I'm ready to go. I got to get my kids. And so her and the doctor walk in together, and the doctor asked me, he said, now, I'll let you go home if you want to go home. You, you pretty good, whatever. He said, but I don't know how you had this stroke. So he said, you're more than welcome to leave and have a, ch have a chance of having another one. Or you can stay here and let us find you. Well, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's what really with my mom, she, she had a stroke. And then a week later, two weeks later, she was back in the hospital. She had had another one, stroke number two, which the mm -hmm. second stroke, her, um, they had some new diabetes medicine because she mm -hmm. was diagnosed with and I did want to talk about, you don't necessarily have to have these conditions, but they are conditions that increase your chances of stroke, yeah. which is high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, heart disease, and diabetes. 
So she was diagnosed with heart disease and diabetes that caused her stroke because she didn't know that she had it. Because I, re- I still remember the spaghetti dish that she cooked. It was swimming in, in grease. I was like, I'm not eating that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking about that. <laughs> no. I wouldn't eat that. And so she, um, they put her on, she had a neurologist at the time who was really just, he just did not care. He just did not actually talk to her, try to find. And so he put her on Avandia. And well, Avandia later on was reoccurring strokes and it counteracted with whatever high blood pressure she was on. So she had another stroke in two more, in two weeks after that. Then she got a a different urologist and a kidney doctor, Dr. Hawker. And I, I hate to say it, but they were different cultures, foreigners, and they just provided, and I'm not saying every American doctor is neglectful, doesn't care, but the ones that she had at the time, they did not. And when we got Dr. Hawker and the, the neurologist at the time, they just provided, they just were more attentive and they listened to her. Now, did she listen to them and do what she was supposed to do? Sometimes she did, sometimes she did. <laughs> but I, I'm always confident when I go to the, her visits with them because I know they're listening and they're paying attention and they're trying to do what's best for her. So I do appreciate that. And I appreciate y'all sharing your story. I do want to ask you all, how long did it take for you to feel like yourself again? Or ha- are you feeling like yourself again yet? If not, how close are you? Um. I I feel fabulous uh, (laughs) myself, uh, but I think the issue with my hand will be lifelong, Mm -hmm. but you, you wouldn't be able to tell unless you saw me trying to open some, you know, (laughs) and you asked me what's wrong with you, you know, like, cause I have to like really, really, you know, like twist hard. Um, And normally I just wind up handing it. Somebody standing next to me to my openness, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, um, I hadn't had any effects or what have you since. Um, just to pick it back though, real quick on what you were talking about, when it comes to my health, mm-hmm. color has nothing to do with the doctor in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I would love to find African American black doctors to provide me with my care. But I too have noticed a lot of our black doctors are adopting these fancier ways of doing things, whereas foreigner doctors are more tentative and they do take more time and they do want you to understand more. Um, and they'll say to you just what you need to hear. Yeah, my, my mother's right. doctors, they actually try to teach her yeah. what she should, they're teaching doctors versus. Yeah. Just here, just take this, you know. Yeah. Take it because I told you to. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like that. So, but yeah. Well, at least to hers. I, and I, you know, like I said, I'm not knocking American doctors. You say that. (laughs) Well, I'm not knocking them either, but I go to enough doctors. Um, and I must admit, I only have one that's black and that's my OBGYN that all three of us go to on top of that. And see, my, my mother didn't have any black doctors at the time. 
So yeah. that's why I just said American. Well, <laughs> but the doctor that we go to, that's our OBGYN. Mm-hmm. She's very similar. She's going to talk to you. Um, that little lady <laughs> walks with a lot of uh, a lot of power. You go to the same OBGYN we go to, Dr. Alexis? Yeah, the one in Fort Worth. Oh, yeah. Remember, you know oh, yeah. But she did one of my procedures. She did my ablation. I want to thank her for it to this day. I can't have kids. <laughs> yes. Dr. Lexus is awesome. She was she like, is. now tell me about this stroke. And she sat down <laughs> and was like, tell me, tell, what happened? And I'm like, I love her to death. I need to make another appointment. Her and my my PCP is Dr. Morissette. I'm sorry, listeners. If I have any listeners outside of Texas or Fort Worth, <laughs> these are doctors that are local. Yeah, go to Dr. Alexa. Them. She's amazing. As mm-hmm. long as she's and practicing. Any problem with anything down there? She's awesome. <laughs> Different episode, different episode. Yeah, different yeah. episode. But holler at Dr. Alexis in Fort Worth. <laughs> we need some to learn. Um, because I do uh, try to go to black doctors when I can because culturally there are some things that you know they are aware of and try to pay attention to that other cultures may not necessarily know. But I right. haven't found a black cardiologist yet. Hopefully we can find us one. If y'all know a black cardiologist, shoot me an email at homegirlpod at gmail.com so we can visit them and have right. our hearts checked. Cause I'm, you know, I'm turning 50 this year. It's time. I need an EKG. <laughs> I just had, well, I had an EEG when mm-hmm. I went to the heart doctors and everything was fine, but, um, I had an EKG because I thought I was having heart attacks at night. I think COVID gave me panic attacks, but my hands tingle and I was like, Lord, I ain't ready to go. I got work to do. <laughs> and she was like, your EKG is fine. She tested my fingers for nerves to make sure I didn't have comfort. They were like, you're fine. They could have lied to me, but they still tingle. So I think I sleep on my hands, but I'm gonna go get checked again. Cause I listen, those donuts I had today. <laughs> <laughs> so price are you back to yourself or, or how's your journey to getting back to I think close to you? well when I before I left the second set of therapy the second therapy I had um they gave me a, whew, like a two hour three hour long test and it said that I was 80 percent of normal mm-hmm. and then he said I might get 20 percent back i might not ever um i think i'm like 85 percent back to how i was and that 15 percent is the dreams and memory Mm -hmm. that i'll just never get back um but physically i'm back and uh mentally mentally look i'm like I'm kind of back. Uh, I do. How can I say this? I I still don't feel the same way that I used to feel about things. Things just don't bother me anymore. Honestly, that's, I don't feel the same way that I used to. Um, I think I that's ex- a blessing a little bit. <laughs> honestly, I can't. Exp- I can't express things the way that I used to. Um, 
I could still fuss the way that I used to in class with my students. But, um, and I think that, yeah, it is a blessing and a curse um, mm-hmm. that I don't, I just don't care about certain things anymore, you know. Well. And you so, know what? Now I will say I, I'm more short tempered. Whereas I could go a long time. Mm-hmm. Now I just pretty much, you know, we're limited, you know. <laughs> go one tail that, you know. Um, <laughs> that's it. I probably just, I'm a little bit more, um, I could tolerate a little bit more than what I do, you know, but. Um, now I am more conscious of what I say. Now we'll say that. And I don't want people to be, because you know me, I'm like, I have impending doom syndrome, if that's a thing. Like, oh Lord, my friends have a stroke. I'm having a stroke too. <laughs> <laughs> if you say it, I feel like I got it. But there are things that you can do to help prevent stroke. Diet and exercise. Those that's really key. Diet, exercise, manage stroke. Make sure your blood pressure is, you know, within reason. You know, just things like that. Um, and making, making sure you have a healthy yeah. heart. Go ahead, Sloan. I'm sorry. Take your medicine. Yes. If they prescribe you medication, make sure you take it. Making sure you have your yearly doctor's visit, getting those numbers, you know, managing diabetes and your sugar levels and, you know, stuff like that, that we know to do, but, you know, we just don't, cause it's not fun. Heart healthy foods sometimes <laughs> don't taste good, but we have to learn new ways to cook. And, you know, like I switched up with salt. I used to be, uh, and I still do it every now and again at work. If I'm eating something, I'm like, this is just bland. I can't take it. But I try to avoid white salt if I can. If I cook with it, what I used to do, I would cook with it and then add it to my food without even tasting it. But, it, you know, and then pay attention to your genealogy. If your family members have history of strokes and heart disease, chances are you might too, you know, and that was one of the things that put me on a path to exercise, um, which is my, everybody in my family just about has high blood pressure. <laughs> like, right. oh, it's coming for me. <laughs> and then another thing that I know I need to work on is managing obesity because I'm, you know, overweight and those contribute as well. So you can put, get all of those things in order and fight it for as much as you can. And if it comes, it comes like price, like Sloan said, if it's your time, it's your time, but I'm not going to help. I'm not going to help father time or old man death. (laughs) So I'm going to do my part. So I lost some weight on the game to back. So I'm going to focus this year on dropping that weight. Um, I have switched to Himalayan pink salt. It tends to be better when I get my, my uh, blood pressure check, my numbers are good. If it starts to get high, I'm gonna get off of that pink salt too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. Just eat bland food, I'm gonna have to do something. So just, we just have to take care of ourselves and pay attention to our bodies when they are, because our bodies communicate with us. We just are used to going and going and going. We don't listen, you know, like Sloan is at the beauty shop getting her done. <laughs> Hands to- that's so that's still funny to me. I'm like, you at the beauty shop at stroke it out. 
And I feel so bad, you know, because my um, magician at the time, she felt horrible. <laughs> like, you had the had a stroke and you were sitting in my chair. And it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Wait a minute. And then I, I didn't even wait till you got to the hospital. I was fussing at you while you were at your desk. <laughs> what the hell are you doing at the beauty shop? And then you called me and I was at the beauty shop. That's how you knew I was there. Yeah, but then I didn't know anything was wrong until yeah. you got to work. And they were yeah. like, yeah, something wrong with Sloan. I was like, well, call the nurse. But I was, yes. like, I was like, let me go over here and check on this girl. <laughs> you never do not have to call no nurse. Right? <laughs> we both went to. I don't to tell you to go get that lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that nurse because she, she was nice. That yeah, we yeah, both yeah, went yeah. to the she hospital like, and walked in and I'm like, what is all these people doing here? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, tell me when Sloan was in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was listening. It was a party. <laughs> it really yeah. was. But you had a party too. <laughs> your mama, your mom and your sister was here. But then when I looked up, all of the Western Hills was there. I'm like, listen, I'm supposed to go. Y'all got it. Don't forget her summer school. Cool. Listen. Okay. Y'all they had it. It, it. I even had white people there. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. wow. This is amazing. Next. Listen, the English department hooked you up. They, they did. gave you that gift card. Listen, the snacks game was strong. I, I was like, they got a whole corner store in this girl room. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, she's not even supposed to have this. She had a stroke. I was like, <laughs> we laughing, we're jesting. But honestly, when you're around people and your family, that does lift your mood and help with recovery. So but we are serious i am serious about making sure that we are aware of strokes and heart disease um so much so that this episode will probably come out the week that we have go red for women and go red for women is american heart association is a day that they recognize heart disease because heart disease i believe is the number one killer of women yeah and so on that day we wear red to show our support and bring awareness to the issue. And heart disease, again, is a contributor to strokes. So on that day, we're red, post your pic, tag me, everybody's home girl, or send me an email of your picture or post it online. You can send me an email to homegirlpod at gmail.com. Last couple of questions, lady. Y'all know I always got some fun questions. Well, this one not too fun. <laughs> what did 2020 teach you? Oh, freedom of time. Because I'm always doing something. Mm-hmm. Always. And um, I didn't run for any office. We've talked about it. I didn't run for any office in my sorority. I, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to relax. Mm-hmm. And then COVID happened. You got to sit down. And, you know, COVID had some benefits, you know. Mm-hmm. I definitely have to worry about the stress with Ashton graduating because you know mm-hmm. he's, you know they're just letting them on through, so I didn't have to fight. <laughs> and uh, y'all know how I go, but I can honestly say, like I learned to sleep all day. I was like, oh my god, this feels really good. I'm going back to bed. Mm-hmm. And um, so I can say um. It really made me realize how much time I was doing other things. Um, and even some of it was traveling. So it wasn't like it was always work, but um, 
I don't think I ever want to do any real extra anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I do things on my terms. I still volunteer and do stuff, but it'll be at my own will, not because I'm in a position. Mm-hmm. Um, or it makes I'll- a difference. You <laughs> when you're obligated to go versus I can choose to go or not, right? And I you know, think it's I stress would management. Not <laughs> and you enjoy it more when you want to go versus when you're made to go do stuff. Yeah, Price. What did 2020 teach you? Oh, um, humility and uh, presence of mind. I you know, yeah. since the stroke, I really haven't gone, did a lot of things. I drove home, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Um, but just being more aware of my surroundings and being more cognizant of what contributions I made to society and stuff like that. But, it, you know, not in a deep sense but just in a you just started pondering it right okay that's good we all you know we're all here for a reason we all have purpose and i think sometimes we move along in life not realizing what our purpose is or understanding that we have contributed so i think that's good um if you won the powerball what would you do buy or where would you go now it depends on how many millions I clear. Because <laughs> one million, that ain't nothing. I, I know that might sound bad, but you know, you buy a house for $1,000 with everything. Yeah, it's gone. That, it's gone. You know and then I mean? taxes. <laughs> taxes yeah, on the house and the money. Exactly. Well, what if you won the Powerball that just won, they just won like this billion dollar one, 975 um, million. Now I am gonna move <laughs> everybody around the corner. But I am gonna send some funds to my friends, my family, definitely my church. Um, I would help my church. Um, and they are building, restructuring some things now, but even like um find more ways for my church to be able to have uh, reoccurring funds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely try and start a few programs so that one, teaching black people wealth mm-hmm. um, it's, it's easier to talk about when you got it than it is <laughs> when you don't. Um, but try and find programs to teach blacks how to you know, establish their wealth. Um, but do it with young kids as well because a lot of the dysfunction that I have, I, you know, it, it came from when I was a kid. You know, you get a dollar, I'm going to go to the store, spend this whole dollar, I'm going to go give me some candy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then got to borrow the tax money from my daddy. Dad, give me, give me this, you know. So um, just teaching our young, young kids about wealth as well. And, um, I don't know, trying to establish like a black neighborhood where we have our own banks, we have our own grocery store. You want a um, black Wall Street like yeah, in Oklahoma. Yeah, and I'm just saying that because I don't think our kids see 
all blacks enough mm -hmm. to where our younger kids are not respecting the color. So I feel like if they see our culture, wherever you turn, it's a black person doing it. I just think it'll make them appreciate who they are. Even yeah. more. So, okay. Yep. Price, what would you do? Powerball. Sloan is really altruistic and <laughs> she has a lot of forethought with that. I would disappear. <laughs> and you would would money. Board, but you know, I would go to Bora Bora or Australia or um someplace like that. But you know, I would give money, you know, I would set up a trust fund for my family, you know, like one million or you know, however much to each of my mom's siblings and there's 10 of them so it's a lot and then give money mm. to my friends and then <laughs> yeah and then that's it like once you get that money that's, that's it. it don't ask me for nothing else and what you do with it is your business can you give me and enough that's a part a of the contract huh can you give me enough for a house and a car oh sure sure <laughs> well you have to sign and say it I'm no longer going to ask Alicia M. Price for money. I won't ask you for nothing else. And that is it. So, and then once I do that, I'm going to move. Um, and disappear. Would I, would I continue working? I think I will work till the end of the year and then retire. Um, so I can get my retirement money. As soon as my check clear from the state, I, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to even resign. <laughs> That's just going to figure it out because I'm not going to show up no more. <laughs> I'm going to resign because I want my going away for it, but I ain't going to tell you why. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be know. anonymous. I, I ain't mm -mm. telling you nothing. Oh, no. Nobody would know. Nobody would know. I'm Until out. you get your check in the mail, you're going to be like, God damn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the price, did she win the lottery? It's like, helpful. Won the lottery. <laughs> you figure it out. Okay, I, last question, because I think I asked you all your theme songs before, right? So there's a movie about your life. Who do you want to portray you? What actress or actor? <laughs> Me. <laughs> I, listen, I, I ain't mad. You know, I'm just, nobody can pretend to be, or excuse me, play me better than me. Um, and nowadays they got enough makeup they can make you look young or old. So true, uh, you know. I, I just want to play me for life. I'm just gonna be a big me all my life. Skip the little ages. Um, I look. I get a little cousin to play my little cousin Kobe. She's five, <laughs> well six now. I get her to play me as a little kid. But um, I'll just say me. I just. Ain't nobody, no can, nobody can do my little punchlines or make my facial expressions like me. Um, make your nose spread like me when I get mad. <laughs> um, or swing the hair. You're absolutely correct. Finger point, bring it back. Finger point. Yeah. Can't really do that. So it's hard to imitate. And I'm not going to train nobody to do that. It's only one. So. There's only like one Academy year. Award winning actress. Um, Halle Berry or um <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I think uh I need somebody close to my age because Angela Bassett is older. She's short too. 
and she's short. She got there's no the only person that mm-hmm. kind of resembles me and is in my height range is Anne Marie Johnson from In the Heat of the Night and <laughs> she <laughs> does from <laughs> She don't look like you. People oh. have told me that over the years, but oh, and mm-hmm. like people told me I look like Anne Marie Johnson. Oh, I agree with that. I don't. <laughs> um, now she just now height wise, yeah, yeah. But skin I'm trying tone to think too. about who would embody me. Oh, I don't know. Me neither. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I Jasmine. Jasmine Guy. No. Well, I, Jasmine Guy. Even though she's not Southern, she is forever Whitley. So I can't imagine her being anything else but Whitley. Right. <laughs> Even though that's like not her at all. No, it's not. <laughs> so you said Anne Marie Horsford. Oh no, no, no. You mean and the the comedian. I'm thinking about Thelma from 227, not 227, no. from A Man, but you're talking about the girl that was only in Living Color and in the Heat of the Night. Okay, yeah, I can't see that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's come, she can do that dry wit too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sarcasm. Yeah. And she was a teacher on that too. Yeah. She would be good. Well, that's it, ladies. Any um parting thoughts, anything y'all, words of wisdom y'all would like to say? Um, just go get your checkups on a regular basis. And um, don't ever think you can't be you. Yeah, go to the doctor and have checkups. That's what I would tell people. Um, you know, people and in black people especially don't see their physicians as much as they should. Um, and I think that's key in catch, you know, catching this if you can, um, or just having the test, running the test if you need the test and submitting to the medication if you need the medication is key in um, preventing Maybe a stroke, but like, um, you know, just anything similar to this, a heart attack or, you know. I feel be proactive, basically. Listen to your bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to your bodies. Listen to your bodies and be proactive. And don't go to the hairdresser or go to work like me and Sloan did if <laughs> anything happens to you. And you're stroking out. <laughs> you know you're feeling bad. If right. something, if, if you feel weird, <laughs> don't do what you normally do like we did go to the there is a a, a test that they yes there is a test that they mm-hmm. have be a uh, fast face mm-hmm. your face is you starting to feel you know twitching in your face your arms are starting to feel weak or tingling or your uh, speech is starting to slur then it's time to go to the doctor fast so remember fast face arms speech time i will say that again well that's it it's it's speaking of time it's time to end the show (laughs) thank you ladies i appreciate you all for coming thank you for having me yes thank you for having me again That's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Just a few reminders before you go. Remember, this Friday, February 5th, 
is go red for women. Make sure to wear your red and post your pics and tag me. Also, don't forget, follow me on social media. You can follow me on Facebook at Everybody's Homegirl or Instagram at Everybody's Homegirl 11. Also, take a visit to my website, www.everybodyshomegirl.com or shoot me an email and tell me what you think of the show, homegirlpod at gmail.com. Also, don't forget, subscribe, give me a five-star rating, and share. As a matter of fact, when you hang up, as soon as this show is over, text two friends and share the link for the episode with them. Again, thanks, and have a great day.